This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, the podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, I'll be sharing information with you on techniques, history, gear, and philosophies, as well as Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara USA, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It is only possible we create content such as this podcast and all the videos that we create because of your support, so we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara USA rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Tenkara Cast. My name is Daniel, I'm your host, and today I have a very special guest here with us, Jason Klaas from Tenkara Talk. Jason and I have known each other for over a decade, and we'll kind of discuss, you know, what got him into Tenkara, his experiences with it, his history, and a couple other cool topics that uh, we were talking about earlier. We had a conversation earlier, and last minute we were like, you know, we should really talk about this in a podcast. So here we are, a couple hours later, recording an, an episode for you. Hey, well, welcome to the show, Jason. Oh, thank you. It's it's awesome to be here. So tell me, um, you know, like you've been an instrumental part of Tenkara, and you're the most prolific blogger, you know, on the topic. Um, pretty much anywhere, actually. There's not. I don't think there's anybody even in Japan that blogs as consistently and has blogged as much as you have. Uh, why don't you tell us your story of getting into Tenkara first of all? Well, uh, I remember back in two thousand nine. Um, I I had a website where I was trying to sell um, fly fishing gear that was compatible with ultralight backpacking. And I, I was just doing a random Google search and I came across your site, which you, you had just started like maybe, I don't know, six months before. And so at that time, you know, you, you were a pretty small shop um, and I called you and you gave me the rundown on the phone about uh, about Tankara, and uh, I'm like, wow, this this is perfect. This is perfect for uh, ultralight hiking. And so we talked, and then you offered to send me a rod, and you sent me a an iwana. I still have that iwana, by the way. Nice. <laughs> um, it was it was it was the the old one with the the green bands. Mm-hmm. I, I still have it. And I, I took it out fishing in Rocky Mountain National Park, and uh, I caught a, bun- a bunch of uh, cutthroat trout. And I'm just like, wow, that was perfect. So I, w- I was hooked from then on. Now, so, you know, now it's been over over 10 years. It's been like almost 11 years. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I just, it was perfect for here. Because, you know, if you think about it, a lot of the high elevation streams we have here in Colorado, they're identical almost uh, to the uh, high mountain streams in Japan where Tenkara was invented. So, um, yeah, so it just made sense. And I've, I've been using it ever since. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not like a uh, philosophy or anything like that for me. It just, it's just practical. Yeah, and you also have a very long history with fly fishing and the outdoors. I mean, that's one thing. Oftentimes, you know, people maybe just think that uh, you just came out of the scene, into the scene out of the blue, which, you know, for Tenkara, you might have done that. But 
you have a long history with fly fishing. What uh, and also like with writing about outdoor activities. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history before Tenkata, and then we'll talk a little bit about the after Tenkata. Well, um, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, I like to combine sports. Um, so, uh, it's kind of like, I I, I can combine Tenkara and backpacking really easily. It, it takes, you know, it, it used to be, oh God, I've got to lug all this fly fishing equipment and all this heavy stuff and everything. But, you know, with Tenkara, it's like, it's a, it's a no brainer. I mean, well, I was mostly curious about your actual fly fishing experience because sometimes, you know, Tenkara has this thing where there's like a lot of people that never, you know, fly fish before and they get into it. But you actually have a, you know, you, you were a very experienced fly angler when you discovered Tenkara, weren't you? Yeah. So some people, um, <laughs> some people push the envelope with Tenkara and I'm, I'm not one of those people. Um, I don't saltwater fly fish for... I mean, I, I do a lot of, uh, you know, saltwater fly fishing, but, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do, uh, tankara for bonefish, you know, for barracuda or tarpon or anything like that. I don't do that. But you, but before Tenkara, you had some experience with that. I think that's kind of what I was trying to understand your yeah. pre-Tenkara fly fishing experience. <laughs> that's because uh, um, yeah. you worked for a fly shop and you, you know, you had. Well, I work for a, I work for a fly shop right now. Um, there you go. And I don't, <laughs> but you know, I for okay. To to me, uh, part of me wants to respect the. Tra- it's not it's not even respecting the tradition. It's just like using the right tool for the right job, mm-hmm. and. I, I I don't know. For me, I like to feel. I like to hear the scream of the reel when I hook a bonefish. So I'm not. I'm not going to use uh, a tenkara rod for a bonefish. You can do it. It's it, you know Karen Miller uh, does it, um, but I don't know. To me, it take it takes some of the joy out of it. Like I like to hear the reel scream. You know, uh, I like to hear the drag you know, go and get in the backing and all that stuff. Um, so uh, in, why don't we talk a little bit about that? So, you know, over almost 11 years of Tenkara and, you know, like early on we have the, we had the forum, you know, on TenkaraYosei.com that was yeah. very active yep. and there have been all kinds of stages that we have seen with, yeah. as we introduced Tenkara to the U.S. Uh, do you remember some uh, particularly intriguing stages of, you know, Tenkara being introduced to the states because i kind of i have a few in mind but i kind of wonder well, what, what, one of the things i remember is um everyone wanted to not not everyone but a lot of people they they one of the questions is can you add a reel to a tin car rod <laughs> yeah remember that yeah absolutely yeah so <laughs> Okay. Yeah, as well, a matter of fact, I, I remember a very funny post that you did where, you know, you're talking about being Tenkara. I think maybe outlaws the term oh, yeah. that you use where, you know, some regulations in different parts of the states or a couple of different countries asked for using a reel. And you're like, well, I'm just going to Velcro this line holder. Yeah. Into the- <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Well, I, th- I think if I remember correctly, that was like 2006 and it was in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I, but so, I remember that stuff, and um, it's—I don't know. It's, it's like every, I think everyone has to discover their own tenkara, 
And whether that's, uh, you know, you, you know, use a furled line, a level line, whether you use an Elkhair Caddis or a traditional Tenkara fly, it doesn't really matter. You know, every, everyone has to discover their own Tenkara. And after almost 11 years, um, you know, I think, I don't know, I, I've discovered my own Tenkara. And if people don't nice. like it, yeah. I don't care. You know, <laughs> if, and if people want to follow me, I don't care. And if people mm. want to debate me, I don't care. <laughs> I've got my own Tenkara. And I think everyone needs to find their own Tenkara. Yeah. And, uh, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, we kind of give them, you know, a starting point. I mean, this is a, I think you and I are very aligned in that sense of, yes, there is this method of fly fishing from Japan. They've refined the techniques, you know, over centuries. There's a lot to learn from them. But sure, you kind of do kind of, you do you. <laughs> uh, but I think you and I, what I liked about you over the years is that we have been giving people a good starting point. You know, yeah. and they take that information and they do what they want with it. And I think that's kind of like our job. We provide that starting point, that inspiration, and then people find their own tenkata. I like that way of putting it. Um, yeah. So, you know, like one thing that I was interested in asking you too is, you know, you've been very consistent. Um, it's very easy to start a blog. And, you know, when you become really interested in something, you're very enthusiastic about it. But it is very hard to keep up with it. I mean, even my myself, you know, like I wrote a lot about Tenkara. Like my blog was very, very active in the beginning. And after a while, I was like, I kind of felt like I didn't want to write a whole lot more. And then I got sucked into writing the book. And uh, I think I got a little bit burnt out and then moved on more to, the, to this podcast. But what is it that drives you that has kept you going with the Tenkara Talk for as long as you have? And how many years have you been doing the Tenkara Talk now? Oh, now it's uh, over 10 years. Um, wow. Yeah, you started pretty early in your Tinkata experience. Well, I, I started right after I talked to you. Yeah. Liter yeah. Literally. That, that's um, right, because you had a black backing thing, but Tinkata Talk was pretty much at the same time since you had Gear Talk before, which is outdoor uh, or backpacking. Well, and I still equipment. have that. I just haven't been posting there. But, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, well, I also had some, you know, personal issues that came up that, uh, kind of prevented me from writing, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> but no, I'm, <clears throat> you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it up. I mean, um, I've seen <laughs> so many websites come and go and over the years and, uh, you know, Tom Davis and, um, you know, uh, uh you know, other websites and, you know, yeah. but you know, it's okay. So, you know, a lot, so a what lot is people, it? <laughs> a lot of people, um, they, they have this ambition of writing a blog or being creative and, and then they, they give up because they realize it actually takes work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've what... got, you've got to be focused. You've got to be, um, you know, you've, you've, you've got to like have ideas. You've got to be focused. You've got to do the work. And a lot of people just, they're not willing to do it. You know, they but... love, they love the idea. Uh, theoretically, but they just don't do the work, you know? And so, um, I know, I think, boy, I've got what? 600. <laughs> oh, let's see. You know, 500 <laughs> and something. Po well, whatever. 
uh, over 500 posts. So um, what is it that drives you to keep posting, you know, to be consistent when you're able to? Because you're, you know, that's not like your full-time job or anything. So it's, uh, it's you know, there's something there that's driving you. And I'm kind of curious about that. Passion. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, I, if, if, yeah. if you're passionate about something, you, you, you'll, you'll do it no matter what, you know. And I, um, <clears throat> I don't know, for I, years, I've, give, <laughs> I've given away free information. Um, with no expectation, no expectation of anything in return, you know, and um, I'll I'll keep doing that for the rest of my life. I mean, I'll. Uh, I think we should get into the. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, uh, I was just gonna say, like, I wonder if we should get into the meat of the conversation, you know, which we started this morning um, uh, that uh, you were bringing up. <laughs> What's up? The master stuff yeah you know because i thought that was a very interesting conversation that we were having and it was uh, and what, I, <clears throat> yes it was <clears throat> okay well i'm <laughs> i'm game if you are yeah no absolutely so you know like this morning yeah like we we're talking about something unrelated and then you brought up this post that you were thinking about writing you know specifically about the term tenkata masters and there were some really kind of interesting points that we discussed but why don't you kind of uh Tell us what it is that you were maybe planning to write or uh, what is it that because it's not, you know, what I liked about the conversation we had this morning was not that, you know, you were you had this answer, a really particularly strong opinion. It was more like, here's an opinion and I'm questioning the use of this term. And we kind of had a nice back and forth from a cultural use of the term Tenkata Masters and uh, that kind of thing. So do you want to? Do you want to elaborate on that or? Oh. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, and um, actually, you educated me on some points that I didn't think about. So I, I really do appreciate that. It was um, a nice my, back and forth. I liked it. Yes. So my, my point, my contention was um, I don't like the use of the term master um, for to, to refer to Japanese tenkara anglers. That was my contention, and yeah. Daniel educated me uh, about how, in other languages, um, like uh, Brazilian, Portuguese, and uh, Japanese, and stuff like that, um, uh, uh, it's kind of a different usage. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize that, and you know, it's funny because uh, my background is in <laughs> linguistics. Mm -hmm. um, well, philosophy and linguistics, but um, so I, I didn't get that. Uh, so I'm, he schooled me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I schooled you because I, I did agree with the points you're bringing up. Uh, because after all, too, we are speaking in English. We are primarily driving, you know, wow. content in English language. And, you know, my point was, and I think you had a very valid point, what you brought up was like, you know, I really don't like the use the as much the use of the term tenkata masters when we're referring not only to not so much the Japanese tenkata anglers as actually to the to the masters. And I'm gonna use this uh, kind of carefully a little bit, but um, so it's not like we're you know like people are referring to all Japanese as tenkata, uh, Japanese anglers as tenkata masters as much as a few specific people. And it is a term that I myself kind of stopped using as much. You know, even in my book, I was kind of pointing out that, like, I just call them my teachers. 
Yeah. And I use the word masters, I think, once in quotation in that uh, in that chapter, because, yes, like I think in the English language, uh, we're not so used to using the term master. And sometimes that comes with a negative connotation or just with some baggage. And yeah, but but um, I, I think um, in our conversation this morning, we talked about um, we, we talked about exactly that. So it was like, um, you know, you said, um, uh yeah, he's he's not my master. He's my teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's yeah. a ten kind of master because that was a point that somebody brought up many years ago. Uh, they kind of brought up the same thing to me. It's like, why do you use ten kind of masters? You know, it's like they're. And the interesting thing was like, you know, by definition, a master is somebody who acquires a high level of skill, but is also willing to teach it. You know, it's not just somebody who's highly skilled in something, but also somebody who's willing to share it. And by that definition, you are also a kind of master because you've been sharing this stuff with people. Um, and, and of course, like we usually feel uncomfortable, you know, like I feel highly uncomfortable when people try to call me a Tenkara master uh, just because it's it's a weird word in the Japanese language or in the English language. But I've had people from like Italy or from Brazil call me a mastery and it doesn't feel quite as wrong, you know, it just feels a little softer for some reason. Uh, but by definition, you, Jason Claus, is a thing kind of master because you have a high level of skill yeah, yeah. and you're sharing it and you're laughing at it because the same way I do, right? Uh, because it is a little uncomfortable. Uh, but then I was talking about like in Japanese, yes, if you ask one of the Japanese teachers, Dr. Shigaki, Masami Sakakibara, are you a master? There's always going to be this humble part of them. They're like, no, 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 I'm not a master. But at the same time, and they are highly skilled. They're teaching a lot of people within Japan and outside of Japan. And not only that, but in Jap Japanese, like most people refer to, for example, Sakakibara Masami or uh, Yuzu Sabata, they will refer to them as Shisho, you know, which is, it's like a teacher, it's a mentor, it's almost like a master. It's hard to translate a lot of times the words exactly, but the connotation yeah. is the same. You know, somebody but, who has a skill who is willing to teach. But, but and uh, we 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 have this exact conversation this morning on the phone um and uh you know my my point was you would never call gary borger uh uh a master mm -hmm. oh my master you would yeah. never refer to him like that never you would never call gary lafontaine that you would never call jimmy houston that you would never call uh, you know, Billy Houston, that you never, you would never refer to him as master. Although I do have to wonder, like if we were to Google or, you know, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if we find a reference to Gary Borger, for example, as a master of fly fishing. You know, I think the, maybe the way the, the term is used no, and we it, get it's into some master or, of it's, mm -hmm. it's like, like uh, we, we just had this conversation, Daniel, you know, it was like master of versus master exactly. You know, like Master Gary. You know, <laughs> yeah. Of uh, bass fishing. The, the, those are two different. The connotation is different. Absolutely. So I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, and, and I agree with you. Hey, it's semantics. You know, it's yeah. semantics. Well, and I think that's why we're doing the podcast episode because, you know, because uh, you're not the only person to bring that up, right? So some people 
multiple people, as a matter of fact, over the years have had a problem with the master's uh, term. And I think my like the reason I was interested in making this podcast is because there's this back and forth about it or, you know, is it wrong to call a person master because we are referring to somebody who's from Japan and there's this kind of orientalism, there's this uh, romanticism, you know, that we imply, uh, or is it okay? That's exactly our conversation that we had this morning. Yeah, and that's why we're recording this to share with other people. You know, it's it's hard to kind of have the conversation. I, I twice. think both of us are going to get some. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think we're both going to get some pretty strongly worded emails. I don't care. I don't yeah. give. I don't give a damn. That's. A, yeah, I think it's either. a good conversation. <laughs> you know, and I think I think the whole point is also questioning, or it's not having an answer. You know, that's what I like about trying to do this podcast is that I kind of see it as more of a, like an intellectual exercise as opposed to trying to provide the answers. Um, yeah. Cause I kind of recognize I don't have the answers to everything and English is my second language. So who am I to say what the word master is really refers to? I'm not the right person for that. Um, but I guess my question to you, like, you know, based on this conversation, um, should we continue referring to some of our teachers, some of these people that we've learned and cut from? Should we continue once in a while referring to them as masters? No. Master of Tenkara <laughs> or a Tenkara master. Not necessarily my master, but a Tenkara master or a master of Tenkara. No, I, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what do you think we should refer to them as? Uh, just to <clears throat> ask them. <laughs> yeah and that's where i think that's where it kind of you get caught in this conundrum it's like we ask them and they're like no just think out of fishermen no, look, they're, uh, they're, they're just regular guys you know i mean mm-hmm. um with a lot of experience though yeah they have a lot of but look i mean um uh, um i catch as many fish as dr ishigaki does mm-hmm. uh so I, I don't i don't consider myself a master uh you know i've been doing this for 10 years, I don't consider myself a master. Um, yeah. What, yeah, what no, makes I... me a master? Do I have to levitate over the stream and like catch the fish? <laughs> well, no, I think that's kind of where, you know, if we look at a, at a dictionary and we're trying to interpret the usage uh, of a word, you know, based on modern kind of uh dialect if you will but if you look at a dictionary reference by all definition those folks are masters you are master you know maybe i am but at the same time there's the cultural element to it where we don't feel comfortable using that term unless maybe it's martial arts for some reason <laughs> um well yeah that, I, that is it yeah mm-hmm. and that, i was bringing up the, that's exactly my point mm-hmm. that's exactly my point um Tenkara is not a martial art. It's not a religion. It's not a cult. It's. Um, I thought it was a cult. <laughs> well, it used to be. Uh, not anymore, maybe. But um, uh, but um, no, it's not. It's mm-hmm. just fishing, man. Yeah. It's flinging a, a, a line out in the water with a fly on the end of it and, and catching a fish. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't disagree with you, by the way. And like, I want to make that very clear. I know. You know that I think the the reason we decided to record this is because there's a nice back and forth. And I'm actually in agreement, as I mentioned. Like in my book, I don't use the term masters, 
because it's written in English. Uh, I prefer the word teacher because we all learn it and cut it from somebody. And I think that's kind of the bottom line. Yeah. It's really hard to, well, almost impossible, but really hard to learn Tenkara in a vacuum or to learn anything in a vacuum, whether you're learning from somebody directly in person or via a video or via podcast or via writing, you do have somebody that you're learning from. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's always easier to learn if uh, someone shows you hands-on. It's always yeah. easy, easier. Um, well, not I, only easier, but I think that's the only way because even with Tenkara, somebody can de- somebody can definitely be on their own in the water, but the basic information they're gonna have to get that somewhere, right? Yeah. So no, it's, uh, it's you know, <clears throat> um, you know, ha- hands on is always the best way to learn. Uh, I I remember, um, well, I was learning to code, and um, you know. I, I took an online course and uh, just really couldn't do it. But then someone showed me how to do it. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes that makes sense, All right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know, I don't know it's just always better. Uh, well, it's the same with like casting or, uh, you know, cooking or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, but what is it, um, you know, like in terms of Tenkara, you know, after doing it for almost 11 years, you know, what are, what are your current interests? Because I kind of feel like we've always, you know, we all go through a little bit of different phases in our interest within an activity, you know, like flight tying, or we become a little bit more interested in the writing part or events. I mean, is there a certain thing that you might be focused on at the moment? Uh, probably tying, um, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I love tying because it's infinite and it, mm-hmm. it, it never ends. You can, there, there's always something else you can do in tying. Um, you, you, you can get your casting down perfect, right? You, you can cast with any rod, any line, anything, you know, you, you can perfect that. But the one thing you can never, ever finish is tying. Mm-hmm. Because there's, o- there's always one, thing, one more thing you can do. Mm-hmm. If you don't like that pattern, put a bead in front. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like you know, this pattern, uh, change your, your thread collar. It, it's, tying is, is infinite. It'll, you'll never, ever, ever finish tying. You'll you'll finish your casting eventually. You know you're gonna get it down to perfection. You can do that, but you're never gonna finish tying. Hmm. With with that being said, um, just one maybe last question that I have for you: like, what is the main advice that you would give somebody who wants to fly fish? You know, like right now we're looking at a very large number of people who are interested in some activity that allows them to socially distance that also gives them you know puts them in a place that is low risk of catching whatever is going around the covid stuff specifically uh so a lot of people are trying to get into fly fishing and luckily i think you know like then kind of shows them an easy way to do it but what advice would you give to the people who are starting today because you and i've been doing it for a long time and sometimes i think we easily forget 
you know, that there's a beginner. There's always a new person who doesn't know the stuff that we talked about 10 years ago. And I think it's important to kind of revisit those things once in a while. So what would you say to somebody who wants to get into fly fishing right now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to go back to the the beginning. Um, I would say get, get a simple rod, get like an Iwana or a Sato and, um, and a few, just a few flies and go to a bluegill pond and catch a few fish on the uh, bluegill pond. All you have to do is cast it out there, twitch it. I'll give you uh, uh, bluegills and then um, you're, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get rewarded. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then after that, uh, go back home <laughs> And order uh, the fly tying kit, and then tie your own flies, and then go back to the bluegill pond and um, catch a fish on the fly you tied yourself. Doesn't matter for it. It doesn't matter if it looks perfect. Uh, just uh, trust in your own instinct. You know, tie it, um, throw it out there, twitch it, and see if you get a fish. And the first time you catch a fish. On a fly you tied yourself, you're going to be so uh, amazed, so satisfied. I wonder so if you, 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 oh, you tried really hard to avoid using the word hooked in there. <laughs> it's, a pretty, it's a cliche. It's a cliche. It's the cliche, and I could see you avoiding to use that word. <laughs> but you're going to get hooked, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jason, it was very nice to kind of revisit this, you know, uh, over a decade of you know, uh, shared experiences. Uh, but actually, that kind of reminds me of uh, something that you touched upon the other day on a post that you did, and I enjoyed reading that. Uh, and I think we shouldn't finish this episode without writing about it. You know, your, what I gather from this post is that your main takeaway from Tenkara over the last decade has not really been about fishing. It was about something else. Do you want to talk about that? You know what I'm referring to, I'm assuming? I do not. Ah, uh, I thought it was a very nice post, in, you know, that you said, like, one of the, well, it was a thing that you were grateful for, you know, like, in terms of the relationships. Um, oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> yes. So, yeah. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I, I've met some of the uh, most amazing people in the world. Um, you know, I've... I've uh, yeah, I've traveled um, all over the world to meet Tenkara anglers. I've traveled, uh, well, you know, I've met you several times. Um, we've fished together. I met Dr. Ichigaki. I've met uh, Tenkara no Oni. Um, I've, I've, I've met, like, so many people that I never would have met if it weren't for Tenkara. And, um, no, I'm just grateful for that. Yeah, and I think uh, I kind of want to leave it there because, you know, I realize I, so when I sign books for people, I write fish simply. And most of the time I also write and create good memories, you know, because I think that in the bottom, the bottom line of it, you know, is that Tenkara is giving us this opportunity to have some experiences, you know, whether it's creating memories with people in nature, but, but there's also this beautiful relationships that sometimes we feel like, we're only looking online we kind of miss that aspect of it and we don't quite realize how important 
those are. But uh, one of the things that I'm the most proud of of creating Tenkara USA and sharing Tenkara has been exactly that, like the the number of friendships and the community that has been created around it. So I I appreciated hearing your reading your post the other day about that because that's one well, thing that I well enjoy. I mean th- think about it Daniel I mean you you brought like hundreds of people together at every summit and they were uh, they were all grateful to meet each other you know mm-hmm. Th- these are people who they only knew each other online and then now all of a sudden they get to meet each other in person that's pretty Absolutely. cool yeah it is cool all right so let's wrap up and uh we'll uh, have to have another conversation at some point hopefully not in 10 years but sooner we'll find some other topics to cover together i would imagine uh but i'm glad to see you know you starting to post a little bit more on tenkara talk and i'll you know and i'm trying to post a little bit more on tenkara usa and uh hopefully we'll give all the listeners to this episode a good content and i'll make sure to put a uh link to your podcast or to your blog tenkaratalk.com on this podcast page as well and then we're going to have a transcript and that kind of thing but um, if you go to tenkaratusa.com forward slash podcast you can find the Tenkara Talk episode and find information about Jason in there as well so thanks so much Jason for your time it was a pleasure talking to you and uh, I I do think we have to go fishing pretty soon here I haven't uh, been fishing yeah, too much I've been a little caught up with work but uh, looking forward to that this summer okay likewise down alright thanks so that was a really good episode I really enjoyed speaking with Jason but we are recording this episode in the middle of some really difficult times in this country a country that I have adopted as my own. Uh, as most of you probably know, I'm an immigrant, uh, originally from Brazil, came here for high school, decided to stay. Um, it is my country. I love America. I'm an American citizen. Um, and it's tough. It's tough to know exactly what to say. I'm a white guy. And it is actually easier uh, for me being a white person was an immigrant living in this country than I think it is for a lot of African Americans um, who, as we all know, have had a you know very very hard time for decades and continue to see police brutality um, and really are part of a system that has systemic racism that continues putting them at a disadvantage in a lot of different ways. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking. I, um, I've been pretty much on the verge of tears just watching what is happening. Um, yes, there is, you know, violence out there in the protests. Uh, there is, um, things that are going on, looting, although for what we can see, it's not usually or not often part of the protesters, uh, definitely not the protesters who, are really trying to still change, but they are angry, um, as I feel angry, you know, for watching what is happening. So I, I wanted just to take a couple of minutes um, just to kind of let you know, if you are a person of color, we support you, we are behind you, we listen to you, we're, we're hearing you, and we do want to be part of the change as well. And Tengari Jose is going to be 
you know, behind uh, the movement towards anti-racism. You know, that's that's one of the things that I've been taking away. I've been trying to read a lot on the topic, educate myself. As I mentioned, I'm a white guy. I, I can see what people are going through, but it's hard for me to really understand the struggles of living on a daily basis with some fear that something could happen on your way home, that you could be stopped for a trivial reason that could easily, really easily escalate. So, you know, I do want to start moving towards more of this anti-racism, see what it is that we can do um, to improve things in this country, to let people know that it is not right, you know, to witness our neighbors facing police brutality and other issues just because they are a person of color. Um, and yes, it, you know, the heartbreaking thing has been that this has been a little bit of a divisive um, issue. Um, it is has been heartbreaking to see some of the comments online, especially within fly fishing community, um, where, you know, it, I, I kind of felt like there's no room for debate here. It's just... Yes, black lives matter because today they are facing an incredible amount of struggle. And they're not saying that other lives don't matter. Black lives matter too. And I think that's kind of the gist of what we want to get here. And there's no ifs and buts. You know, like right now we need to instill change to prevent black lives from being lost. And that's all there is to it. Um, We can address other issues. We can talk about other, you know, uh, problems down the road. But right now we need to figure that piece out so that we can move on to the next piece and the next piece. So, you know, this is not a political podcast. I've been trying my hardest to stay away from discussing politics. Uh, But at the same time, we do live in a political community. We, We live in a political society where politics are part of our daily lives and I cannot continue to ignore that and pretend like all is well and pretend like all we can do is just provide some refuge um, from what's happening around the world because we live in a world right now you know if you're concerned about clean air clean water environmental issues none of those matter if there's no if people cannot live and they cannot enjoy those you know the whole point here is we're trying to make the world a better place, possibly through fishing, so that people can continue to enjoy those, the fruits of our labor in terms of making the world a better place. So I would be completely, um, you know, just, it would be weird for me to not bring this up on a podcast because it is uh, oftentimes a rambling podcast. Uh, yeah, this time we had a guest here, but uh, I do bring issues that are at the forefront of my mind as I run Tenkari Yose. And I don't, you know, like we, we sell rods, we sell flies, we sell lines, but that doesn't matter if people cannot enjoy them. And so that's kind of my soapbox right now, but mostly I'm bringing this up because we cannot stay silent. So there are things that you can do. I'm probably not the best equipped person to tell you all you can do. I'm not a person of color. However, there's a lot of resources out there that you can be reading on things that you can do. And it can be speaking up, 
You know, that's probably the most difficult thing that we can do right now, but it is probably the most necessary thing to speak up when you witness some kind of racism, even though what I'm seeing is a lot of people thinking that they're not racist, there's no racism in what they're saying, when in reality there is. And and we need to point those out if you're a person of color. Um, I hope that we've been doing right for you. Uh, you know, by you, I guess. And if we can speak up more, we will. Let us know. Um, I'm not trying to bring up a debate here. I'm just trying to let you know that we are aware of it. We are listening. We're trying to do better, and we want to learn how to do better as well. So that's my soapbox for today. But um, I really am looking forward to a moment in time when we don't lose so many lives, uh, whether it is through, um, what, though we don't lose so many lives through any of the invisible threats that we have right now, one of them being racism, um, the other one being COVID. I hope you get out and enjoy fishing. Um, if, you know, if you have an opportunity to do something for the planet, do it. Do something for your community, do it. Um, it, yeah, I think you'll find gratifying, but mostly we're all in this together. Just like we're in COVID, we cannot continue thriving, living, enjoying the fruits of our society if we have this and any other invisible threats going on in our society. Thanks so much for listening. I, uh, really hope you take my message for what it is, um, it is not an argument. It's not an invitation to have a discussion about that. I'm not the person to do that with. It is an invitation for us to all do better. So thanks so much again for listening, and hopefully uh, um, you'll continue listening to my podcast and um, following Tenkario Say on social media and other channels um, without feeling like we're trying to divide. We're just trying to be a part of unifying a community that we're part of, the fly fishing community. Thanks again. Until next time on the Tenkara Cast.